When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. People from around the world have been praying for DeMar Hamlin. Today we celebrate DeMar's recovery, our love for DeMar, and our gratitude. Just a lot of feeling of uncertainty of, you know, what it was going to feel like to go back out there, but obviously the first kickoff, you couldn't have scripted any better. He's got an alley down the right sideline. Touchdown, Naheem Hines! What a tribute to DeMar. Just wanted to come out and, and play free, play loose, play for him. They're going places for DeMar Hamlin today, guys. A celebration of number three, DeMar Hamlin. He got the game ball as well as our trainers, so there is a good feeling in there right now. So that was the scene in Buffalo yesterday. This was the scene at the UC Medical Center where DeMar Hamlin watched that miraculous moment. And if you thought that was great, the news keeps getting better as take a listen to Hamlin's medical team who just addressed the media with the best news yet. Dr. Prince and I are thrilled and proud on behalf of UC to report to you that DeMar Hamlin has been released and returned to Buffalo. I traveled with him to the airport this morning with our UC Health Air Care and Mobile Care crew. Dr. Prince and I have spoken extensively with his care team in Buffalo, and I can confirm that he is doing well, and this is the beginning of the next stage of his recovery. The goosebumps are real. The tweet is spectacular. This is from Damar Hamlin himself, grateful for the awesome care received at UCMC. Happy to be back in Buffalo. The docs and nurses Buffalo General have already made me feel at home. And that is exactly where he is. Where he is. What incredible news to welcome you into NFL Live with. We got a packed house here today. We got a guest appearance. That's right. Jeff T in the house. We got royalty here. We got royalty here. We've got Swagoo. We've got RC. We've got Dano. We've got Mina joining us here in just a little bit. We got a busy 60 minutes, perhaps the busiest 60 minutes. Any day during the NFL calendar, we had all the games yesterday and a bunch of news today. And of course, more, more to come on DeMar Hamlin's incredible recovery. But we start with some breaking news out of Arizona, and there are some major changes coming in the desert. Jeffrey, what do we know? Well, it's an overhaul of the organization. The Cardinals fired their head coach, Cliff Kingsbury, 10 months after giving him a contract extension through 2027. Not only does he get fired, but their general manager, Steve Kime, who had taken leave earlier this season for health-related reasons, he takes leave. So now the Cardinals are looking for a new head coach. They're looking for a new general manager. And Michael Bidwell usually leans on Steve Kime mm. during a process like this. He's got nobody to lean on. And so they're going to be looking for a new coach, a new GM, and it's a whole new direction mm. for this team shortly after giving out all those extensions last offseason. And, of course, Kyler Murray recovering from an ACL tear right now as well. Mina, you start first. What did you think of this news out of Arizona today? You know, it's only surprising insofar as Cliff and Steve Kime both signed those big extensions that Adam talked about. But when you set those aside, the results make this a pretty unsurprising outcome. You see Cliff's record there. Um, if you focus on the second halves of seasons in November or later, as an NFL head coach, he went 10 
and 24, which, you know, despite the fact that they had a lot of injuries on this team over the years, including at the quarterback position, just isn't acceptable in this league. And then the, I think the other facet is something that our colleagues, uh, Josh Weinfuss and Jeremy Fowler, reported on earlier this season, which is the, deterior- the deterioration of the relationship between Cliff and Kyler, who they also <laughs> gave a big extension. Uh, Kyler Murray is not going anywhere as the quarterback with his injuries, going to be out for a while. But whoever is the head coach next year, they need to get him back to playing the way he was at the beginning, not of this season. He struggled this season, but the prior season when he was playing at an MVP level, that's job number one, and it's something that Cliff didn't do this season. Yeah, I agree, Mina. Look, look, they didn't play quarterback, and you know we always talk about on this show the relationships between quarterback and coach, and usually these guys are trying to find offensive minds Mm -hmm. when they got young quarterbacks. There's a fine line between that. Um, I remember being in Dallas when Jason Garrett and uh, Tony Romo had a great relationship. And we would at times ask ourselves, like, are they too friendly? Mm. Like, will this, will the, will the mm. accountability really lie there between great friends? And I think that's what I saw with Kyler and Cliff. And then I saw it go to a point, and we all harken back to that clip when we saw Kyler going off on Cliff walking off the field. Yep. You get to that point, there's 52 other men in the locker room. And there's a difference. We all understand it, especially the defensive players, and RCS speak to it. We understand the different dynamic that quarterbacks have with either head coaches, offensive coordinators. No one in the NFL is surprised that the quarterback can have a different dialogue or a different relationship with the head coach or the offensive coordinator. In this particular situation, though, I think the head coach uh, was was supplanted by the quarterback, mm. and you can't have that. That level of respect leaves, and the other 52 are involved it's, in. It may be different if it's a player of a higher caliber, but yeah, Kyler's man. not at that level no, where he can kind of be yeah. the force behind the entire yeah. organization. As we look ahead here, RC, we're just a few hours removed from this news. Yeah. We don't need names yet, but right. what are some qualities of a head coach that you will be identifying that the Cardinals need right now? Well, the first part, when the question you asked Mina about the timing of this and it happening, my brother just got engaged, and he had been with this girl for a long time. He sets up this huge thing. He gets on his knees. He asks her to marry him, and she says, about time. That's about <laughs> how I feel about this, right? <laughs> about time. Did your brother actually just engage you? Just got engaged. Congratulations. Congratulations. Yeah, good job, Chaz. And so, and about so, time. And so, and so, about time. Yeah, Chaz is engaged. You're phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and so now you think about where they are. This is the team that gave out three extensions in this offseason. You know that the quarterback is going to be there, but you can't work with him in the offseason. And you've seen what happens when you just focus solely on him and that relationship. You need to get a leader of men in this locker room, someone that's going to hold the entire team accountable. And that doesn't need to be an offensive mind. Mm -hmm. It could be a guy like a D'Amico Ryans, who we've seen galvanize alpha men. When you think Fred Warner, you think Bosa, you think all of those guys who funga on that defense, those are dogs. And they obviously follow and respect a guy like D'Amico Ryans. Then you get you a young Dan Orlowski type, Right, that could go in there and butter Kyler up, but make better sure dress, he has but better dress. that he wants, and then now D'Amico can make sure he sets the tone in that locker room. I agree with what, a lot of what RC is saying. So, you got something to include, tell me? I was going to say, including the part about hiring yourself? Yeah. You got news for oh, us here? Okay. No, 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 no. Jeff, you'll break it first. Yeah, Jeff, you'll know first. Um, I think there's this reality that there's a lot of this job that is not appealing. I understand that there's only 32 of them in the world, but. They don't have a general manager. Mm. You have a quarterback that's going to be coming off an ACL tear. So the new quarter, the new coach that brings in a new offense doesn't get to implement it with the starting quarterback in the future. And he's coming off of that injury. And so you sit there and go, well, what, what, what fits that mold? You know, because the reality is there's a lot that has to be pieced together for this to have any potential mm. success 
attached to Kyler. And my immediate mind goes to Kyler has to be inside a Sean Payton, uh, Gary Kubiak, Kyle Shanahan offense to have any type of hope for success in the NFL. Well, you think about everything that this franchise has now been through in the last 10 or so months. They fire their head coach. Their GM takes a leave of absence for health-related issues and then steps down. They relieve two assistant coaches of their jobs during the season for off-the-field yeah. incidents. They had their star wide receiver suspended. They had Colin Murray tear his ACL. Zach Ertz tear his ACL. Yeah. There's a lot wow. that this organization has it's been no through. no organizational discipline throughout. You have to bring in people that yeah. will do that. And J.J. Watt is retiring, too. One of the men who certainly did hold yeah. others accountable in that organization. It's a busy day, Shefty, so lots more to get to. What's going on in Houston? Houston has made a coaching change, and they have fired Lovey Smith, which, think about this. They will now have their fourth different head coach in four years to open the 2023 season. They won and done David Culley. They won and done Lovey Smith. Romeo Cornell wasn't there very long. Yeah. They have just cycled through coaches like nobody's business, but they put out for other people like D'Amico Ryan's a request is in with the 49ers. We'll see what they wind up doing. Yeah, when you look at the last two coaching hirings, those were jokes, right? Those were, we're going to get a guy, we're not going to set him up for a success, and we also also aren't going to give him long enough to even build anything. Lovey Smith was fired when he was hired. David Culley was hired to be fired. And so now as you go forward, and we talk about the Arizona Cardinals job not being attractive, what makes this attractive to the next coach? What lets that coach know he's going to have an opportunity to build there and if you're an african-american head coach even though there are only 32 teams it would only be 31 if i was that candidate by the way they do not have the number one pick of the draft that belongs to chicago now she have to tell us about la and and sean mcveigh who seems to be undecided right now well listen his immediate future coaching wise is in limbo and i think this season the losing has taken its toll the injuries have taken their toll think back to last season He vacillated about whether or not to come back after they won the Super Bowl. This year, they didn't even win the Super Bowl. They had a terrible record. So now he's taking some time away to see whether he wants to coach again. Well, Shefty mentions last season. That also took an emotional toll to kind of go on that Super Bowl run, making sure all those parts fit together with Matthew Stafford. Then he hit on this season with the injuries and the expectations and candidly the failures. And now if you look to the future, you go, we're old. We're expensive, and we don't have any type of draft capital to try to rebuild this. My question for Sean McVay that the Rams need to ask is, do you not want to coach or do you not want to coach here? Because if it's not want to coach here, you trade him and try to recoup some of that draft Mm -hmm. capital to rebuild your organization. Let's go to Denver now, Shefty. Really rich owners going big game hunting. (laughs) Yeah, listen, they spent a lot of money in their franchise, and they are prepared to spend a lot of money on their head coach. And it would probably take a lot of money to go hire Sean Payton. It would take a lot of compensation to the New Orleans Saints to bring him to any particular city. Sean Payton has spoken with the Broncos owners. He's not allowed to meet with them until January 17th. January 17th is the first time Sean Payton can meet with teams. That's one night after the Cowboys for the Buccaneers. <laughs> what the back of that paper look like? Yeah. <laughs> it's blank. That's it's what blank Denver should do to Sean Payton. That's, what, that's exactly that, that what that should, should look like. You remember when we were in the studio, I said this, man. I was like, Sean Payton to me, and I get it. I, to your point, Dan, a lot of what you just said about Arizona, you're dealing with the same I, I situation agree. in Denver. I agree. Here's the difference, though. One, cachet. I'm a Super Bowl champion. Two, I'm an offensive fixer. Yeah. Three, I got a veteran quarterback where I've shown that I could have success with a veteran quarterback. I don't believe that he goes to Colorado and leaves 
because it won't be about the money. Yeah. The money will not be an option <laughs> if, it's, if it comes down to that. A reminder, everybody, go there them. is a salary cap for the players. There is not a salary cap for <laughs> anything right. else. The Broncos are sitting <laughs> in a very good spot. How many stores do you want, Sean? Yeah, you want a new practice facility? Hey, you look, want partial ownership Let me say this. The Broncos have some disadvantages. One advantage they'll have is their ownership. Ownership group. is very, very rich. If you're looking for more info on the coaching cycles, check out our ESPN Plus. Adam Schefter has plenty on the ESPN Plus special. All right, we're just getting started here on NFL Live with the loss to the Lions last night. The Packers are out of the playoffs. Here are our analysts' breakdown. What went wrong for Green Bay? Plus, after an emotionally challenging week, the Bills closed out the regular season. And style isn't even the right word because there are no words for it. However, why Marcus still has some concerns about that defense going forward in Buffalo. What if in 2024 you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Try Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. It's designed by real people for real conversations. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. They have over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com tackle. Get 60% off at babbel.com tackle. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash tackle. Rules and restrictions may apply. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, last game of the regular season. Packers hosting the Lions. Let's go, Lions! The Packers get a, they get a win. They are in. And let's get right into the third quarter. The Packers have a 9-6 lead. And how about this? Jared Goff, play action and then launches it up to Khalif Raymond, who comes down with this one at the one, nearly a touchdown. Jamal Williams would punch it in. Lions up 13-9. Then Aaron Rodgers finds his trusted Alan Lazard. Back in the end zone for a touchdown. You think Green Bay? All right, they're back on top. 16-13, late in the third quarter. We can do this, right? Not so fast, my friends. With about six minutes left to go in the fourth quarter, Jamal Williams, after an impressive eight-minute drive from the Lions, and then Rodgers drops back, throws it up for Christian Watson. And Kirby Joseph comes up with the interception. He's been great for the Lions all season. And then late in the game, clock-killing opportunity. Lions playing with nothing but pride. And there was plenty of it last night. And how about the play hook call right ladder. here? St. Brown, hook and ladder to DeAndre okay, Swift, Penne. who wisely gets downfield and also stays in bounds. 14 yards on that very cool play. 
Goff drops back, finds EJ Chark on fourth and one. This play seals the game. Packers are going home, and after the game, Aaron Rodgers, not a very good move. Obviously didn't get, get it done tonight. Uh, you know, you want to go out winning the Super Bowl, but very rare that it, that actually gets to happen. Um, don't want to, you know, lose your last game uh, and miss out in playoffs, but uh, this is a, a great profession and a really tough business and doesn't always end with rainbows for everybody. 13 wins in three straight seasons, going home at 8-9 Swagoo. What do you make of how the season ended for Aaron Rodgers? Man, Rogers? I don't know about one hear all that. <laughs> Straight up, bro. Like, this been, this been three years in the making of going back and forth all seasons, what they need to do, what yeah. they not doing. I'm not feeling taken care of. And I wanted to go in, but I thought about it. I lo- First of all, it, Aaron Rodgers cared about it. And when I saw him and Randall Cobb walking out of the stadium, I kind of mellowed out because y'all know how I can get in Aaron Rodgers. Mm. But here's the deal, man. This is the reality. At some point, your greatness precedes you to be judged based on wins in critical moments. And Aaron Rodgers truly ascended to that as we watched his career manifest and play out. So for as great as he's been in his career, a part of his tagline was he couldn't get over the hump, couldn't couldn't deliver in the moments. Ball in your hand in certain situations. So I, I looked at this game in Detroit, and the reason why I picked the Detroit Lions in this game is because I thought the Detroit Lions would make Green Bay go back to Aaron Rodgers having to deliver. I said it Friday. I said it sounds crazy to say this, but the best way to beat the Packers is to put the game in Aaron Rodgers' hands. Crazy. And it was crazy for me to say it, and I know a lot of people lost their mind. And that's exactly what Detroit was able to do. Marcus mentioned Aaron Rodgers walking off the field with Randall Cobb. That was Lambeau Field. That's the same field he's walked off at the last game of the season in the last three years, an Mm -hmm. NFC Championship against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, didn't get it done. Last year against the San Francisco 49ers, when your defense only gives up 13 points, you don't get it done. And now against a divisional rival that you have normally and through through history dominated, you don't get it done again. Even when Cap was in San Francisco. Absolutely. And and so what happens now is you're looking at Jared Goff and Dan Campbell and kind of these throwaways and these guys that are becoming taglines and memes, and they have the better team. They come on your field or come to your field and they beat you. Now, Aaron Rodgers, you don't make the plays in the fourth quarter. Jared Goff does. Aaron Rodgers, you don't elevate your team in the fourth quarter. Jared Goff does. And I think when Aaron Rodgers is contemplating what the offseason is going to look like for him, he goes back to, can I still elevate a team above what it is? Mm. And Aaron Rodgers can no longer do that. They're home, though, not just because Aaron Rodgers. I I agree that his performance was not good enough. But watching this offense last night, all I kept thinking about, they're searching. It, it, they, they were just dropping back, launching the ball downfield and crossing their fingers. Hopefully we can find a big play somewhere. There was no efficiency. There was no let's be completion driven. Let's try to march down the field. I also can say this. They were absolutely annihilated Offensive at the line, line. of scrimmage. No Both lines. Yeah. I mean, Aaron Rodgers was pressured half of the times he went back to drop back to football. Aiden Hutchinson and the boys got after that offensive line. And then in the fourth quarter, because we're talking about Aaron's performance in the fourth quarter, there's also this. This defense could not get off the field True. trying to stop the run in the True fourth indeed. quarter. They get, this offense gave their defense the lead. 
16-13 with the fourth quarter. And Detroit just ran the football mm. right down the field. They ran for over 50 yards in the fourth even, quarter. Even with that, though, Dan, and I don't, don't want to just go back to Aaron Rodgers like this, how much last year, though, how much last year did he just throw go balls to 17? Or did he just throw slot fades to 17? Yeah. And you were saying they were searching for a play. The thing was, 17 was on the other end of those plays, and they worked. Yeah. Well, I would say this, and we're going to get into it a little bit tomorrow with that touch screen. I think that deep ball interception is not on Aaron Rodgers. Ooh, I honestly don't. Yeah. I think it's on that poor pass protecting unit. <sighs> the Packers have had like three or four straight off seasons that have been kind of complicated when you look towards the future. But you that's can always fall back the on the fact they were 13 and three or 13 career. and four. Uh oh, these guys over here. And, get and after he threw one tomorrow. before that. Let's get Mina involved with her hands here to the face. because she has some perspective on the other side of this game, Mina. As the Lions <laughs> went to Green Bay with nothing to play for and handle their business. What did you make of their game plan? I love you, Aaron. Well, Field, isn't it just so appropriate that the team that technically had nothing to play for played the hardest of maybe any team in the NFL? I mean, so representative of the Lions' culture of these players <clears throat> who have developed over the last couple of years. And then of this coaching staff, and I just want to give them their flowers. I think they might be the most fearless coaching staff in the NFL in an intelligent way. You go to the offense. We talked about the lateral. Of course, that was incredibly ballsy. But my favorite play from Ben Johnson, who's probably going to be a head coach, might have been when he called that trap run on third and six that went for 11 yards, taking advantage of the Packers' defensive aggression. Then on the other side of the ball, Aaron Glenn has done such a fantastic job turning around this defense. Then, of course, in the biggest moment, calls that blitz, but then leaves Kirby Joseph back there. Again, so perfect. And then, of course, head coach Dan Campbell, aggressive on fourth down as he's been this entire season, but then intelligent, declining that offside so that they would still have that extra play on second and one. I just have to say I'm sad this Lions season's over because I, I think agree. I maybe enjoyed watching this team more than any in the NFL this year, and it feels like the start of something special. For yeah, me. and by the way, and nobody wanted to play them. No, no, no. no. tell you, first man. Round they're picks, happy by the way. I would take them out of the NFC if they were two in. Two first really? round. Wow, if they were in. Wow, how about that? Two first round picks Ooh. for the Lions. You can say that right when they ain't in. Indeed. They still to come. The fateful time of the year has arrived. Adam Schefter will tell us more about the recent coaching changes around the league, as well as whether we might see some more for other potential hirings. That's next year on NFL Live. Work harder. Work harder. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. 
All right, back to NFL Live and back to our top stories. Adam Schefter jumping back in here is Shefty. We know last night Lovey Smith was fired by the Houston Texans after their win. We can add another fired coach to the list today. What do we need to know? Field a wildly disappointing season in Arizona comes to a conclusion today when the Cardinals fire Cliff Kingsbury, who only 10 months ago signed a contract extension through 2027. So he will walk away with upwards of $30 million in guaranteed money from the Arizona Cardinals. And he does this on the same day that the Arizona Cardinals GM Steve Keim agrees to step away. So the Cardinals are now in the market for a new head coach and a new general manager. Meanwhile, the Rams head coach Sean McVay, his immediate future in coaching is in limbo and he is expected to take some time now that the season is over to decide whether or not he wants to continue coaching or whether he simply wants to rest up and recharge. It's been a tough season in L.A., lots of losing, lots of injuries, and lots for Sean McVay to now think about. The Broncos have requested permission from the Saints to interview Sean Payton, who cannot meet in person with any other team under NFL laws until January 17th, the day after the Cowboys play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Monday Night Football this week. And Sean Payton has been talking to the Broncos owners. The Broncos owners are interested, and they are interested in t doing whatever it takes to get the best coach in there. Sean Payton's on their radar, as is the Michigan football coach Jim Harbaugh, as is Dan Quinn, the Dallas Cowboys defensive coordinator, and Raheem Morris. So they're looking at a wide array of candidates, and we'll see what those new owners in Denver decide. Some serious star pair there, that is for sure. Thank you, Shefty. We'll be back with you in just a little bit. Is there any question that the Bills showed fighting spirit all week? As we tell you, to, as we take it to our fighting spirit moment, brought to you by Modelo. And how about this? Patriots, Bills, Sunday in Buffalo. First game for Buffalo since the DeMar Hamlin injury. You saw the Bills training staff being honored. How about the very first play of the game? This is Naheem Hines, former Colt, acquired via trade earlier this season. 98 yards to the house. Not even a Hollywood script because this is better than any kind of Hollywood script you can see right there. The first tweet of many from DeMar Hamlin, OMFG, with countless exclamation points. Second quarter, Bills go up 14-7 to as Josh Allen finds Dawson Knox after a prolonged play deep in the red zone. Dawson Knox throws up some love for his teammate when the heart symbol to DeMar Hamlin, who responds, I love you too, Dawson Knox. And then the Patriots play tough in this game. They have a 17-14 lead, and then Naheem Hines says, you thought once was good, how about twice? This is a second kickoff return for a touchdown of the day. First player since Leon Washington over a decade ago to have two kickoff return scores in the same game. DeMar Hamlin tweeting through it again. Hines, three. And then this right here, I don't care what defense you're playing. There's no defense on this. Third and 10, Josh Allen throws a rocket down the field for a long touchdown. That's a no throw. big deal, right? Jamar Hamlin tweets once again for this fun digs. Bills win 35-23. They clinch the number two seed in the news. Gets better this afternoon as Jamar Hamlin said it himself. He is headed home to Buffalo today with a lot of love on my heart. Watching the world come together around me on Sunday was truly an amazing feeling. The same love you have all shown me is the same love that I plan to put back into the world more, bigger than football. And again, it just keeps getting better. As his doctor spoke this afternoon and talked about the scene in the ICU when the Bills scored that first touchdown. You watched the game on uh, yesterday. Um, when the uh, opening kickoff was run back, he jumped up and down, got out of his, uh, his uh, chair, 
um, set, I think, every alarm off in the ICU in the process. Um, but he was fine. It was just an appropriate reaction to a very exciting play. Um, so he, he very much enjoyed it and uh, enjoys the, the support from everyone. The alarms went off. It's okay, though, RC. And you've been around this game for a long time, yeah. played a long time in the NFL, had a illustrious college career. You ever seen anything like that yesterday? No, absolutely not. I think that when you were approaching this game, we were all wondering what the first play would be like for the Buffalo Bills, what type of anxiety, what type of energy, or whatever it might bring. And we know that things like this can galvanize a team, but for that to be the first play, it was divine intervention. It was spiritual. You heard Josh Allen in the world that sometime, and thanks to Dan last week for praying publicly, but sometimes we can't. We don't get the opportunity to talk about God or talk about the spiritual world. He said, God's real. And when you look at that play, for me, it was the first time I felt like, you know what? It's okay to be happy about football again. Mm -hmm. It's okay to talk about the X's and O's. It's okay to talk about playoff scenarios. It's okay to cheer. Because if the Buffalo Bills and Sean McDermott can have tears in his eyes, if Josh Allen can be holding his helmet with his hands in the air and hugging people and they can enjoy a moment on the yeah. field, then why shouldn't we? It was a beautiful moment not only for the Buffalo Bills and their fans, but I think the entire football well world. Said. Yeah, man, it was phenomenal. I, 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 so when that kickoff was run back, I was like, Buffalo going to win like 50 to 7. <laughs> Seriously? All right, that's how I felt. And then – as I got through the game and was watching, I was like, I got some concerns about the Buffalo Football Bills. started to be played. Right? It You're started right. to be played. Yeah. And you saw Mac Jones Which matters. at times. Obviously, mm -hmm. the three interceptions from Mac Jones. You want to turn the football over defensively and be opportunistic. And you probably should never throw at Tredavious White. That's one of the things that you don't make a living on. But you saw this offense have a, tr a tremendous amount of success. Uh, guys were, were let go free in the secondary. Mac played a really good game when it came to kind of get converting and figuring out ways to take advantage of this defense, finding one-on-one -on -one matchups. And then, too, y'all, this, okay? And I know y'all y'all get on me about talking about it all the time. I can't <laughs> – the Buffalo Bills can't come out of game with 16 rushes mm. between their running backs. Like, yeah. I know that, that uh, Josh Allen is a part of that run game, and I know he's going to continue to be, yeah. but I don't – Think about this. The two teams that we think that they are going to have to face or go through Cincinnati were two teams that were willing to commit to the run when they were having offensive deficiencies okay. in the passing game. I still think that that will be the Buffalo Bills Achilles heel at some point during this playoff run if they don't commit to doing it a little bit more. I, I disagree with that. I, I think because the only team that it concerns me a little bit with is Cincinnati and the way that they can line up and make you play defense. We've talked about that. My big question for Buffalo as you go into the playoffs is, what does Leslie Frazier do opposite Tredavious White? We're talking about a conference that's got weapons galore on the outside. And Elam's a young player, and hopefully for Buffalo, he becomes a very good player. But they don't know how and who to cover with opposite him. And just as an offensive person, when I cut on that tape, I'm like, how many, how many balls can we throw opposite <laughs> Tredavious yeah. White? It should look like playing the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. RC, it's the exact same thing. You sit there and you go, if you guys are going to continue to play as much man coverage as you are because maybe you don't have Vaughn anymore in the pass rush you still want, the ball's going opposite 27 all game. Well, the best news for the Bills, and I know the, their concerns are legitimate on defense, is that DeMar Hamlin was released from his hospital today. He is back in Buffalo. Incredible totally. update there yes, from the Bills' safety. Okay, coming up next here on NFL Live, Cowboys struggled a lot yesterday against the Commanders. It was the final regular season game, and Dan breaks down where this offense needs to improve. They want to do damage in the postseason. Fighting Spirit is brought to you by Modelo, brewed for those with a fighting spirit.
10 seconds on the clock, how many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. At the left hash, wind at his back, kicking to the left uprights. From 32 for the win with 4.38 to go. Snap and hold are good, and the kick is on the way, and it is good. The Seattle Seahawks are winners in overtime. 19-16 over the L.A. Rams. They finish the regular season. Nine wins, eight losses. All right, so the Seahawks' win combined with the Packers' loss gives Seattle the seventh seed in the NFC and a trip to San Francisco. They're going to face their division rival, the 49ers. It's the first playoff game of this weekend. The Giants face the Vikings in a rematch from their Christmas Eve game. The Vikings won that game on a 61-yard field goal. And then the finale, Monday Night Football on ESPN and ABC. Tom Brady and the Bucks host the Cowboys. Time now to read and react to some of the biggest storylines from yesterday's game. And for that, we begin with the Seahawks. Wasn't pretty, but Seattle grinded out a win over the Rams in overtime, eventually clinching a playoff berth late last night. Rookie Kenneth Walker in the third ran for 114 yards in the win, becoming the first rookie to run for at least 100 yards in three straight games since Saquon Barkley in 2018. Ian, how important is that Seahawks running game when it comes to their playoff run ahead? It's huge, uh, especially when the Seahawks passing game has been somewhat inconsistent in recent weeks. You know, Smith tossing a couple of interceptions could have been even more. But Seattle looks steady on the ground. Kenneth Walker III has been fantastic for them. Just such an incredible combination of speed and power. He's a big play waiting to happen. But also note, of the Seahawks 197 rushing yards, 51 were from Geno Smith. Mm. And that's something that I have noticed happens in games when Geno runs, when he scrambles, when he makes plays with his legs. Good things tend to happen for the Seahawks offense. That's something to monitor headed into San Francisco. Certainly is an excellent athlete. Let's go to Philadelphia where Jalen Hurts returned to the field for the first time in three weeks. He helped the Eagles wrap up the number one seed in the NFC with a win over the Giants. As expected, Hurts showed some signs of rust, completing only 57% of his passes plus an interception. Over his last two games, Hurts hasn't thrown a touchdown. He has three picks, the same number of picks that he had all season prior to that span. RC, what'd you see from Hurts in his return? Well, what you saw was that he has to be accounted for. If you look at the New York Giants, having to follow him around in the run game, leaving spots open for you to be able to find holes if you're the running back. Also on the outside, when he had the one-on-ones where he can make the plays, you saw him push the football down the field to A.J. Brown. But you also have to play the numbers game when Jalen Hurts is available. I think he had to knock the rust off, and we saw some of that, and I expect a better Jalen Hurts when we get to the divisional playoff round. Yeah, two weeks to get himself right. Dak Prescott's struggles, they continued on. On Sunday when he completed only 38% of his passes in a loss to the Commanders. 
Prescott averaged only three and a half yards per passing attempt, the worst mark by any quarterback in a game this season. He also threw his 15th pick of the year. That's tied for the most in the NFL, despite the fact Played only 12 games. Dan and Swagoo, what did you make of Dak's performance yesterday? Yeah, man, to me, Dio, Jekyll and Hyde, bro. And we've been talking about this all season long, just up and down, ride the roller coaster. I joke about that all the time. When I was in Dallas, Bill Parcells used to tell us this all the time. I don't have to have all pros and, and, and pro bowlers on my team. I need to know what guy I'm going to get every single Sunday. Okay. And that's the problem with Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys right now. You don't know what team you're going to get. The excitement of being able to put 40 points up against Philly's defense, seeing them play against Minnesota and put points on the board, and then you play Jacksonville and you turn the football over, and then you play this game against the Washington Commanders. There is no trust with this football team. It is the same trajectory last year going into the playoffs that right. we talked about. It's looking real familiar. The problem is for the other team, they don't know what Dallas they're going to get either. And when you are in that locker room, I believe, in Dallas, and when you look at this team and you think about all of the talent that's around them, and I've been saying this for a month now, this is squarely about Dak Prescott and Kellen Moore. Mm. They, this team will go as far as Dak's play and as far as Kellen Moore's creativity. And right now, if you are confident that the Dallas Cowboys are good enough to go to a Super Bowl, you are absolutely kidding uh, yeah, yourself. Yeah, when it comes to Dak yesterday, the ball goes to the wrong place way too often. And then that's not only yesterday, but it's also the story of this whole season. And there's one single play that pick six that makes you kind of encapsulate their season and ask the questions, why and how are you throwing this football? This is called slant spacing. Slant, flat, hook over the ball, and hook in the alley. You start to slant and go to spacing all the time. Now, since you're in this bunch, you can get a little bit of a widened out route, quick out route. This is a yes to no decision to throw that quick out route, and it's pre-snap. Is the corner off and inside? Yes. If not, do not throw that ball. That corner is off and outside. He's already driving on the ball before Noah Brown is looking for it, and there's that walk-in pick six. This ball should never be thrown. It's a pre-snap decision. Why? Because the leverage of that corner, look, he's got multiple people that are going to be open on that play versus a very basic defense. I've talked about it this year with Dak Prescott, maybe not seeing the field as well as he has in the past. RC asked the question this morning, why is that happening? Pressing, the offensive line's not as good, maybe only trust CeeDee Lamb. That ball should never get thrown. It hasn't in the past. And if the Cowboys want to win on Monday night on the road in Tampa Bay, it can't happen from Dak Prescott again. Dan, great stuff right there from you and Swagoo. And Dak and company will be front and center as the playoffs return to Monday Night Football when Dallas plays host to Tom Brady. Excuse me, when Dallas travels to go see Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. It all starts one week from tonight at 8 Eastern on ABC, ESPN, and ESPN+. Megacast coverage also will include Peyton and Eli on ESPN2 and our ESPN Deportes Spanish language version. All right, the AFC wildcard was a roller coaster yesterday. We're going to try to do this in live time. So the Dolphins and Patriots both fighting for a playoff spot. Both teams need a win. The Steelers could get in by winning and the other two teams losing. All right, 3.42 p.m., the Bills have the ball, leading, excuse me, winning by five. And this play that we showed you earlier, the dagger essentially, is Josh Allen hooks up with Stephon Diggs. Patriots now down by 12. And you think that this game is officially over as the Patriots punt? A little bit of a mental error here as the Patriots are able to force a fumble because a Bills player inadvertently touches the ball. Matthew Slater kind of blocking a Bills player in there. If Matthew Slater's career is over, amen, we'll see you in Canton. Meanwhile, the Steelers at this time are thinking to themselves, they're in. Dolphins, Jets tied 6-6 and not a lot of offense in this game, but here was Skylar Thompson hooking up with Jalen Waddell for the first down. And you think to yourself, 
All right, Dolphins got something going. Two minutes left to go in the game. Second and nine. And once again, Skylar Thompson to once again Jalen Waddle's First down, no way. Nope, not going to be a first down as uh, Jalen, excuse me, Jalen Waddle gets hurt. But this horse collar penalty called on Quincy Williams, Jets linebacker, results in a first down. 3.54 p.m. The Patriots, as of right now, still trailing as the Steelers are still in the playoffs. Mac Jones looks down the field for Hunter Henry. Ball gets tipped. It goes into the arms of Matt Milano. That all but seals the Patriots' fate. Not looking good at this point. Just one minute later, how about this? Jeff Wilson, Jr., Dolphins running back, trying to give the team some life here. Clock is ticking. 110, 111, 112. Make it Savon Ahmed. It takes the ball all the way down to the Jets' 31, which puts... Jason Sanders at 3.58 p.m. and an opportunity to push Miami to the playoffs. 50-yard field goal. It is good. Believe it or not, Miami would score again as they get a safety as the Jets tried a crazy lateral play. So here's a look at the AFC playoff picture. Officially sealed. The Jaguars, 4C, play host of the Chargers Saturday night, 8.15 Eastern time. The Bills, Dolphins, very familiar foes will play Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern time. And then the Bengals. And the Ravens, third time this season, second time in a week, will play Sunday night at 8.15 Eastern time. Sounds like we could see Lamar Jackson back on the field. So again, the Dolphins win combined with the Patriots loss gives them the seventh and final seed. But there are some major quarterback injury concerns as we look ahead to wildcard weekend. No one better than Adam Schefter to get us filled in. Let's start with the Dolphins. What do we know about Tua's availability for that massive game against Buffalo? Or I feel moments ago, the Dolphins head coach Mike McDaniel said that Tua Tungabailoa still has not been cleared for any football activity and they will not have more clarity until later this week and so as long as he is not cleared then you're not going to see him this weekend at all so we'll wait to see whether or not he gains that clearance doesn't sound promising that six days in advance of that that he hasn't gotten that clearance and also should note that Raheem Mostert they're running back undergoing thumb surgery they don't know whether they'll have him Lamar Jackson is in a situation where He's working super hard to play at the Bengals on Sunday, according to John Harbaugh. Again, for varying accounts, had one person say strong chance he plays, another person say, I don't know, another person say, yeah, they think he'll play. The fact of the matter is, Lamar Jackson hasn't practiced since he sprained that PCL in his knee, and he's still got swelling in his knee. And as long as that swelling's there, there's a question about whether he'll be able to play on Sunday night. Safe to say that game is a different tenor if Lamar is out. Also safe to say we'll be following these two stories all week. Tua Tungavailoa and Lamar Jackson's availability for the respective playoff game. But before we get to Sunday, we got a segment coming up that the world has been waiting for. Swagoo, what do we got today in Big Man Ball? Yeah, usually I'm not tempered during this segment because I have to pay respect to a bunch of big men. But we got something special for you today. When I was in middle school, we used to say when a dude got slept asleep that he caught him. And Derrick Henry caught another one. So I had to put him in the bump because anytime this stiff arm comes out, which is a weapon of mass destruction, somebody is hitting the ground and somebody is going to be on a highlight reel day in and day out. But beyond on this, I got to pay respect to a legend, a legend in the game who is one of the best defensive linemen that we've ever seen come through this league. So I'm going to sit back, I'm going to reminisce, and I'm going to put my feet up, and y'all watch BMB when we come back.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We've got two days of football this weekend, which means two days of postseason NFL countdown each morning starting at 10 a.m. Eastern time on ESPN. Also, of course, on the ESPN app. You see Sam and the gang right there, Adam Schefter and Mort also joining them to get you set for all the biggest storylines and what should be an awesome wild card week. It's big man bowling time, and y'all know how we turn up on this segment. Finna give you all I got, Kevin <laughs> Let me introduce y'all to the big fellas that made plays on Sunday. Let's go! Somebody better block him. How are you doing this, Sam? Where did he come from? Morgan Spears Jr. with the rim club. Go get the quarterback. Big men be balling. Yeah, so guys, oftentimes, you'll see me in front of the big board sweating and moving around. But my man J.J. Watt called it a day. So I just thought I'd sit here and reminisce on the epitome of a big man balling. Y'all watch this with me and enjoy. JJ coming around the corner with a, a strip sack. One of his marquee moves. Hands up, I tell D-Lyman that all the time. Engage and disengage and make a tackle for loss. Another strip sack, oh that's JJ again. Defensive player of the year. JJ off the edge. Hands up, interception to the crib. If you crib it, you get on BMB. JJ again in the back of the end zone, touchdown. Mike Vrabel wasn't the only one. Oh, here's JJ again on the out route with hands, not body catches. And then on Sunday, just one last time to give the people what they want. Sack, JJ Waddy. Brock Purdy, listen, man, I know you the hot kid in town. I've been that. That's what he gonna put on his shirt at his retirement speech. I've been that. This is a handover. Double team. He's used to getting those. I'm gonna sack you again, sir. I appreciate it. Thank you for letting me go out like this. Even though it's a L, JJ Watt wins. JJ just had a baby. JJ and his wife wants to sail off into the sunset and have a good time. JJ's not gonna retire and contemplate retiring and then come back again. When BMBs are done, we're just done. Our bodies hurt, our knees hurt, our backs hurt. But playmakers like this deserve a spot in Canton. So I just wanted everybody to take a second, kick your feet up, 
and enjoy those things about J.J. Watt. Because <laughs> BMB was created for guys like J.J. Watt. J.J. Watt, you have entered the BMB Hall of Fame, sir. Wow. You Love. have a bus in NFL Live. I appreciate you for your services. Best we're of luck in whatever. Hey, well said the popcorn. That's, that's one of the best segments I've seen on television. Hey, we're Bread starting to get close, starting to get close to crowning a champion in college football tonight. Playoff national championship. It is coming to you from SoFi Stadium. The ESPN so Family Networks has you covered. RC, give the NFL viewers something they might want to be watching on their screens tonight that they could see on a Sunday in yeah. the near future. I think, I think you need to watch this defense of the Georgia Bulldogs, whether yeah. it's uh, Keely Ringo Smith on the back obviously up front Marcus is going to talk about the man that's eating up space at the D tackle position but what this team can do running sideline to sideline the way that this team pressures the quarterback and turns the football over has been phenomenal all year they'll look to rebound after what happened against Ohio State well as I walk back I'm gonna talk about Jalen Carter because when you hear defensive linemen and coaches talk about this kid they talk about an absolute game record and a guy that can change the game from the interior I've been talking for a couple years now about how interior pressure guys are now being coming the highlight of defensive lines. He's absolutely that athletic can get after the pass and a big run stopper. Be on the lookout. All right, TCU to pull off the upset. They're going to have to turn over Stetson Bennett. And a guy I would watch, a little bit of hipster pick, is Trevius Hodges Tomlinson. Yes, LT's nephew. Here's all you need to know. He's five foot nine and led all power five cornerbacks in forced incompletions. Probably going to play in the slot at the next level, but I love watching how hard he plays now. Watch for him to be a difference maker if TCU is going to win this. Yo, how does this woman find the staff for everything? She's better than y'all God and bless. me and everybody I, I'm going to go with Quentin Johnson. Yeah, um, big time wide receiver out of TCU. I think he's got a lot of similarities in his game to like an A.J. Green or a Mike Evans. Yeah. Six foot three frame, 215 pounds. Long, athletic, big-time playmaker. RC talked about that Georgia defense. I want to see him go up against it. Kind of a quiet start for him last week. No. Two weeks ago. And then a big play. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. You see the game fix. Oh, we are man. all on Georgia. Makes me kind of tempted to pick TCU. But Georgia, start to finish, is oh, one of the most impressive. I thought about it. That's right. Ever. And if they do, in fact, finish the job, the first ever back-to-back champions are in the college Guys, it felt good football to playoff. Great to be you didn't back. Even sweat that, much. that was a great I saw you bring me some popcorn, uh, Enjoy the college football championship tonight. Busted. NFL Live back tomorrow. Same time, same place. Tastes like real. Selfish. Popcorn.